Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Fourth and Gold right here at Beyond the Big Ten. You can follow us at Beyond the Big Ten wherever you get your socials or follow us on YouTube for this full episode right now. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you had a wonderful holiday. Happy, healthy with family. Let's bring in our co-host here to talk some Gophers football. He is that other pregame show's very own CBS Networks and former Gopher himself. It's Brock Farin. What's up, Brock? The axe is gone, Joey. The axe is gone. It is, it is no more. The goalposts have been chopped. Uh, I'm, I'm still trying to recover from that, but as we will uh, discuss a little later in the show, there is a silver lining uh, awaiting at the end of this season, but the axe, the axe is gone. The axe is gone. Gophers fall to the rival Wisconsin Badgers 28-14 to over the weekend. Um, tough loss, tough way to lose your se- to end your season. Um, but we are going to be also uh, dishing out a little bit of a teaser of maybe, you know, I don't know where to send some Christmas presents in the Colorado State type area. Uh, but let's stick <laughs> uh, let's stick to the axe game itself for right now. Um, you know, Brock, I just want to get your general reaction um, to just a disappointing loss, um, obviously to a rival losing the axe. Uh, just your reaction to the game itself. It was the perfect way to sum up how the season has gone. There was plenty of good sprinkled in just enough good to let you know that if this was consistent, this is a nine and one football team, but it wasn't consistent, right? So it's, it's that delicate balance of if you're a bad football team, you can come to terms with it because you say, you know what? It's just not our year. We just have to get better. But throughout the year, there were so many splashes of, of, of competence of, of uh, greatness at sometimes. And it was just enough to tease you to allow you to be disappointed, right? If if there's no expectation, you can't be disappointed. But there was enough there that you you just wonder what was that magic ingredient missing to where it could be consistent. Uh, hats off to Wisconsin, who had a first year head coach and are going bowling. I I don't I I can't let the rivalry get in the way of of tipping a cap to. I mean. I don't know how many first-year coaches take their team to a bowl game. I know it's not a lot of them. So hats off to Luke Fickle. He he is building something there. Um, and they had as many injury issues as anyone across the Big Ten. Um, and it was the Braylon Allen show, as is, as is expected. Uh, he was very banged up, but he looked healthy. He found something for the final stretch. Uh, so credit to them, credit to Tanner Mordecai, and credit to their defense, who was able to make plays even though um, Minnesota looked like things were coming together, Wisconsin would make a play and stop it. Uh, and that's coaching. That is talent. That, that That is not letting the moment be too big. And credit to them for not resting on their laurels, saying we're already in a bowl game. All right, we have this little axe thing to play for. No, they, they wanted that axe, and they came into Minneapolis and took it. Uh, and Minnesota has to wait another year before they can take it back. And that's what's so interesting about the Big Ten West this season is how chaotic it's been. It's, it's that, you know, Wisconsin and Minnesota, they're not that far apart from each other. They no. dealt with a lot of the same similar issues. They dealt with injuries at key positions. They dealt with losses that kind of came out of nowhere. They did also kind of deal with, I think it's fair to say that both programs kind of dealt with a little bit of falling short of expectations. And unfortunately, when you lead into that final game, uh, Minnesota, you know, we end up on the short stick of that one. Um, the other part too, as well as I just think when you kind of drill in, uh, when you're talking about Minnesota versus Wisconsin, 
Um, it doesn't take much of a rocket scientist to just go look at the rushing numbers. Um, and when you hold Minnesota, who, you know, Jordan Newbin ran the ball well at times, but they did hold him to 3.8 yards per rush. And then, I, obviously, as you mentioned, Braylon Allen, when he gets 162 yards on the ground, uh, that sometimes can turn into the tail of the tape. Exactly, yeah. man. It, it, exactly. They, they, they were fired up. And, again, I want to reemphasize how once you get over that threshold of we're going to a bowl game, but we're not in the mix for the Big Ten West. It's very easy for the NFL-bound dudes to check out. It's very easy for the younger guys to say, all right, well, I'll get my opportunity in spring ball. For right now, I'm thinking about where I'm going for Christmas and winter break and after the bowl game, ooh, we're going to this place. Okay, I, you know, but they didn't. They they stayed locked in, um, and that is something special. The the I, I guess the ups and downs of the Big Ten West is the nicest way to put it. I mean, it is an absolute mess is the mean way to put it. I will miss it. So f- farewell to the Big Ten West, you 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 beautiful, beautiful mess. Uh, you will be sorely missed. And it, it, it just blows my mind. It absolutely blows my mind how close, like you just mentioned, all of the, these teams are, right? When Wisconsin is at their best, they're the best team in the West. When Minnesota was at their best, they were competing for being the best in the Big Ten West. When Iowa mm-hmm. was healthy and, and they don't turn the ball over, yeah, of course, that's why they're going to the Big Ten Championship. I had Purdue and Indiana. When Purdue was clicking like they were against Illinois, when they, when they smoked the Illini, when, when Purdue was clicking this recent Saturday against Indiana, I'm sitting there thinking, how did this team not win the West? It, it was just, it's just mm-hmm. a beautiful, beautiful disaster and as things change next year, I I I I fare thee well, uh, you 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 beautiful division. You know the road has got a couple potholes in it. There's some gravel. You know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe the lines aren't painted exactly straight on there. But uh, yeah, bon, bon voyage as we welcome in uh, some fantastic new teams in the West. Um, so rolling it forward. So here on Fourth and Gold, a couple of announcements really quick. Uh, this is not our final episode of the season. Uh, we are going to come back. We are going to react to some of the bowl action, talk some general college football. And Brock, I mean, uh, you know, uh, forgive me, but typically, you know, when we talk about it, you know, that six wins, it's all about bowl eligibility. You get that sixth win, you're there, you're there, you're there. Uh, explain to the good people, because you're so dialed in, Minnesota's sitting at five wins. What does this mean? And the Gophers are playing a bowl game, correct? This is what it means. It means God bless you, the Hawaii Fighting Rainbows, because they beat Colorado State on a walk-off field goal. I believe it was 52-yarder, leaving Colorado State shy of that six-win mark, meaning there was one final slot remaining uh, that was not filled because there weren't not enough six-win teams. And what the NCAA does is they look at all of the five-win teams, and whoever has the best grades gets the slot. It doesn't happen terribly often. Usually there's one. I, I can't even think of a year where there's been three or more. Um, R- Rutgers made it to a bowl game a couple years ago because of this. And Minnesota had the best grades, so they get granted that final slot. It will be a very early bowl game. It will probably be against a non-Power 5 opponent. Um, But a bowl game is a bowl game. And what every coach will tell you is, if you're not playing on January 1st or after, then the most important thing are those practices. Uh, You get granted 15 extra practices. 
And if you look at this Gopher team, you see a lot of youth. You see a coach who would love 15 more opportunities uh, to fine-tune some things before heading into spring ball. So uh, thank you so much to the great state of Hawaii. Thank you so much to your great football team. Thank you for uh, whoever that kicker is. I hope he's on scholarship because he is the reason that the Gophers are going bowling. Uh, that's a great point. I should have also thrown in, you know, you could send your Christmas presents to Colorado State for losing or send them to Hawaii too yes. as well uh, for them winning. <laughs> yes. Because, yeah, I mean, hey, the Gophers are bowling, baby. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. So uh, make sure you everyone sticks around because when they release uh, the bowl schedule December 3rd, we're going to try and hop on. Maybe just do a quick reaction to who that opponent's going to be and then stick around. We are going to react to the action uh, after the Gophers play that bowl game. Uh, before we get to some general uh, college uh, football Brock, I did want to ask you a couple of questions, a couple of questions a little bit more about what's down the road for the Minnesota Gophers. And just really quickly, I would love to have a quick conversation, get your perspective, uh, now that we can kind of look back um, on the season that Ethan Kelly McManus has had. Um, I, I don't think we're here to plant our flag um, on the level of extremes, right? But my question for you is kind of centered around a little bit of here's a guy who is only a sophomore. Um, here is a guy that when we talk about injuries on this team, um, played almost every single snap, if not every single snap for this team. Um, and we did see some growth moments at times in some of these games, as well as we did see some growing pains. Um, so my question for you is, you know, what, where do you think Minnesota as a program stands on Ethan Calic Manis? Is it, we're going to stick with this guy, let him grow through our program? Um, you know, what, where do you think PJ flex mind is right now? Or do you think they kind of start flirting with the portal a little bit and see what's out there? Where do you land on that? The flirting uh, has already happened. The transfer portal... I, I, I can never keep track of when the portal is open and closed and who can be in it yeah. and who, can't, who can be offered, who can't. It's, it's, it's a mess. I've tried so hard to get a strict schedule. The schedule's always changing. So the fact of the matter is uh, there are quarterbacks. I won't say what school or what player because you never know until it's official. Um, but there are quarterbacks that are currently in the portal um, who have tweeted out that Minnesota has offered them in the past 24 hours. Um, so the decision's been made that they're not moving on from Ethan, but they're going to bring in some competition, which I think is completely fair. It's it's a different era mm. of football. In If this was 2010, uh, Ethan would have struggled this year, and then everyone would have said, okay, he'll get better next year, and we'll see if things get better. Um, and if by the midpoint it's not better, then we'll see some true freshman that got brought in and, and see what he can do. This is a new day, and you're on a one-year season. And after that season – I'm sorry, sorry. You're on a one-year career is kind of the way to put it. And after that one year, you say, is my career at Minnesota over? Do I go somewhere else, or do I stick it out? Because every single team is going to be so different year to year that it, you're not really building on a string. It's kind of just a bunch of pieces. Um, so yeah. – they're going to bring in some competition. Uh, I'm sure there's a freshman or two that'll come in as well. And PJ Fleck early on was doing right by Ethan by not giving up on him because there was so much that he had shown in regards to the physical abilities and the mental abilities take takes time to come along. Like you said, he's a sophomore, but he's an inexperienced sophomore played sparingly down the stretch a year ago, but it's a completely different dynamic when it's your team. Um, so I, I don't know what Ethan does. If one of these transfer quarter, portal quarterbacks that are offered commit, I'm sure there will be more offers 
out there as other players enter. That's part of the process. Um, and that's for every position. It's just that quarterback is the face of the uh, team, so it's going to be a little more more, more publicized. If Ethan decides to move on, uh, best of luck to him. Personally, I'd be shocked if he does. I, I would love for yeah. him to stay. I'm still a believer in him, but he does need competition to push him. There was no competition for him in spring from day one. From from the second that Tanner Morgan got injured last year against Illinois in week 10, maybe it was, it was Ethan's team. So going into this offseason with some competition will be better for him. I, I really hope that he stays, and I hope whoever transfers in is ready to compete and the best man wins. Um, yeah, I, I think it's very fair to expect, you know, I think he's completing 53% of his passes this year. Um, 14 touchdowns is fine. Uh, you'd like it to be a little bit higher than nine interceptions. You'd like to see it go down, obviously, obvious stuff. Uh, my follow-up question for you, and I'm curious to see as a, as, a, as a former player, not just a quarterback, but as a former player who played in the NFL too as well. My follow-up question is, do you like that? Now, look, we're always going to have competition at all of our position groups, right? That's what makes us all better. The iron sharpens iron. I totally get it. But when we're talking about maybe the evolution and the maturation of the quarterback, is this, is this healthy? Is, is this healthy? Now, I'm not trying to get on and beat the drum and defend Ethan Kalik Manis necessarily, but like as you said, there used to be programs where a kid could stay in one program, and by that junior, by that senior year, something clicks. And you start to see the full potential potential of the player with the transfer portal. Now I'm all up for competition, but does the rearranging of the deck chairs with quarterbacks around the country, does this hurt the progression of the quarterback in your opinion? 100%. And I'll draw an example because coaches like to play the victim in the transfer portal situation. Um, Wake Forest head coach. So Sam Hartman was their longtime starter and then he transfers to Notre Dame, right? Notre Dame's final home game this year, they, they they play like a long farewell video for Sam Hartman, senior night, and all this stuff. And the Wake Forest coach caught wind and at a press conference the following week went on and said, you know, it's it, it's it's so sad because you, you spend all, all this time recruiting a guy, then you offer him, then you develop him, and then the second he gets a bigger opportunity, he transfers to Notre Dame, and Notre Dame is the one that gets to send him off. And I understand that, but let's look at the flip side of things. What about a player like Ethan Kaliak Manis, who gets recruited, uh, had offers and interest from bigger schools, decides to go to Minnesota, expecting to get developed. The second that, not, not, not the second, but he gets a year to show his stuff. It doesn't go right. What does Minnesota do? They go right to the portal, right? So it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword depending on how you look at it. Either side can be the victim depending on what lens you look at it through. All that is to say, the answer is no. It's let's face it. All the decisions that have been made um, in regards to realignment have been for money. That's the fact of the matter. Mm -hmm. What comes with that money, along with NIL, is you're gonna spend the money, and the alumni or whoever is running each NIL collective, uh, they want to compete because what's the point of competing if you don't want to win, and all of it it used to be student athletes over here money over here were there some crossover that was technically illegal at the time of course but now that the floodgates are open um it's professionalization right now 
You're not yeah. just a quarterback who's a student, who's a kid, who's going to mature and leave a man, maybe with some stats to his name. Um, now it's uh, you're an employee, even though legally you're not considered one. If you have an IT job and you don't do well after a year, they're going to replace you. If you're a teacher and all your kids are failing after a year, they're going to replace you. So we just have to look at it through a different lens. I'm still working on it. I still find myself seeing it through the eyes of me being 17, going to Minnesota, leaving as a 21 year old. Um, and it's just, that's just not what college football is anymore. Uh, it's just going to take change. I personally see it as a sad thing, but What's the point of looking at it as a sad thing if that's the way it's going to be uh, going forward? So very long-winded answer, but it's definitely uh, emotionally something that I still have to come to terms with. Well, no, I mean the, the answer deserves, uh, you know, it deserves its length because it's incredibly complicated, right? I think we can't just point to the success stories of quarterbacks like, a, you know, a Jaden Daniels or even go back a little bit further when, you know, Justin Fields goes from Georgia to Ohio State. When the stars transfer, it works. Um, when the guys that maybe work a little bit more around the margins and turn into these one-year mercenaries, you do have to ask yourselves, are they getting not just the best college experience, but also are they getting the best football, you know, the best football training and experience that they possibly can to be the best players that they can? And then it always it matriculates up with, are we getting – the best type of quarterback play or really let's stretch it out to really any kind of position. Are we getting the best kind of play as it moves on to the NFL? Uh, I think it's a question worth asking and looking forward to, um, you know, as, as we move on. Uh, but that's, what's new. And as you mentioned, that's, what's new and interesting about the transfer portal. We don't really know, right? It's like one of those scientific method experiments where you're like, we don't really have the data for like eight years. We just yeah. kind of started doing this now, and as you move on, you kind of figure it out, and, and then you get a little bit more of a better sample size as you get a little bit further out. I um, want to hit you with some lightning round stuff before we get out of here really quick. Uh, your reaction, Ohio State-Michigan, uh, what would you think? Did, did it live up to the hype? Because it did for me. It absolutely did, and I feel for Ryan Day because that is such a rabid fan base who is going to be so cruel to him if they don't make it to the playoff, which the way that things are shaking – uh, they need a lot of help. So it, it's it, it's unfair, but at the same time, you cannot lose to an interim head coach. Oh, that's a great, yeah, no, that's a great point. And unfortunately, uh, it did come down to the running game a little bit, and then of course, Kyle McCord's. You know, did you did you like the play of Kyle McCord just really quick in that game? I felt like it was a little uneven. He got a little bit on a heater there in the second half, but again, um, something that's kind of plagued him all season turnovers at the wrong times. Is, is that a fair way to put it? Exactly. That, that, that's exactly what it was. I would say that game was in line with how he's played all year. He just happened to be playing what yeah. most would consider the best defense in, in college football. Mm -hmm. So the next one for you is uh, the big 10 championship game, uh, Michigan at Iowa. So if Iowa just never lets Michigan get the ball, I, is that even mathematically <laughs> possible? I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of ways uh, to wrap my head around. Does Iowa have any shot in this game? Um, I kind of don't see it. If Michigan gives you one to two drives, I don't think Iowa can keep up. Uh, does Iowa have a shot to win the Big Ten championship? No, and they know that. But you know what? The fact that they made it through this entire year is already a win like Kirk Kirk, Kirk Ferentz has already won a championship it like they, they are playing with house yeah. money they could lose a hundred to zero and it's already 
like a a a, a movie worthy of a Disney Channel. It, it 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 makes no sense. They're gonna lose. They're gonna lose badly, but they're gonna do it with their heads held high because who thought that they could make it this far? Will they give up more than twenty? I say the first half. I could see a situation where they hold Michigan to 14 points in the first half, uh-huh. but eventually uh-huh. the levy breaks, and I, I I'll say I'll say the score is 27 to three. There you go. Oh, okay, well 27 to three. Yeah, no, they are they're definitely like an episode of Ripley's Believe It or Not. It's really been uh, truly incredible every single week. The points total keeps going a little bit lower. Like Vegas is literally daring them uh, and enticing <laughs> people to just keep going under and under and under, and they keep. They keep smashing it. So, I mean, yeah, and good for them. Um, they definitely deserve it. And, and obviously, uh, whether they get wiped by Michigan or not, I think they have a lot to be proud of for this season. Uh, final one for you, Brock, before we get out of here. Uh, I asked this for you uh, to come in bo- uh, before the show. Um, it is almost Christmas time. Um, and so when we're talking go for football, we're writing our letters to Santa, if you will. Um, I'm going to ask you, Brock Vereen. Um, when it comes to Minnesota, go for football moving forward. What do you want for Christmas for the program? Oh, boy. On my list, first is wide receivers. Uh, Chris Altman-Bell is leaving. Daniel Jackson, I believe, could take another year. I wouldn't be shocked if he left based on how he finished the year. He has absolutely uh, worked his way to an NFL prospect. So, I, I, as a football fan, I want him to – as a college football fan, I want him to come back. As a fan of him, as a person, I want him to leave. Um, they'll have to replace Corey Crooms as well, who did a lot of work out of the slot. So give me, in a dream scenario, on my list is two wide receivers, a cornerback, a pass rusher, and you can never have enough running backs in the gopher room. So one more running back. That's on my list. And a partridge in a pear tree. And goodwill towards men. Why exactly. not? Let's throw that in there, too, as well. Yes. I'm going to yes. sign that to Santa right there. Um, yeah, and look, and, and that's, what's, that's what's so interesting about the Big Ten, right, is I think that, that Minnesota's not the only team in this boat, right? I think, you know, um, you know, I also host the show for Northwestern. Northwestern's had a great season. Uh, they gave the interim head coach uh, the full-time tag. Uh, congratulations. Good for him. Uh, but guess what? They got to turn over the quarterback. They got to turn over the running back. They got to turn over probably both wide receivers plus AJ Henning, who's a sixth-year senior. Yeah. So I mean, with this transfer portal too, as well. Keep in mind, college football fans and Gopher fans out there, is that there are a lot of opportunities. But again, this turnover keeps happening over and over again, and you just got to get back in there and you got to recruit. Um, you got to make it happen. You got to build the best team that you possibly can. Um, I think that's going to do it for fourth and gold, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are going to hopefully return uh, when we get the reveal of the Bulls selection. We'll see who the Gophers are going to play uh, at what at what time and where. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. Follow us at Beyond the Big Ten, uh, wherever you get your socials online. We are your exclusive place for great, fantastic college football content and also college basketball content also in the mix, too, as well. Minnesota Gophers, a little bit better than last year, guys. A little bit better out of the gate. Uh, yeah. We're feeling pretty good. Last yeah. year, last year was tough. Uh, last year was really tough, though, Brock. Right? I mean, like the bar is kind of low a little bit right now. They're playing a little bit better. Uh, so make sure you check around and stick that out. Uh, Brock Free and our co-host here. You could check him out on that other pregame show um, every single weekend, doing fantastic content, also for CBS Network. Uh, Brock, man, great to see you. Uh, great show, and we'll uh, we'll see it. We'll see you a little bit towards the end of the year. We got one more in us to talk some Gopher football, and hopefully, we'll talk about some winning Gopher football in a bowl game.